that is our confession today. We need you. We need you so desperately, Lord. And um, even in times when we don't realize it, um, times when we try to be self-sufficient on our own, which is often, Lord, we need you in those moments to turn us back to you. God, we need you more than our next breath. We need you in every single moment of our lives, every area of our lives, Lord, to convict us of sin, to turn us back to you. We need you for life. We need you for joy, for hope. You are the source of all of these things, God. May we look to no other for these things but you and you alone. And so, Lord, this confession that we come to you today, that we need you, may it not just be words on our lips, but a conviction of heart that would change the way that we live, that we would live as though you are everything, Lord. That's what we want in our lives, Lord. So we ask that you would do this deep work in us. It's in the precious name of Jesus we pray. Amen. You may be seated. Well, this morning we've got a, um, we have some missionaries, Adam and uh, Misha, Hutchison, and they serve in the Philippines, halfway around the world, and uh, they are missionaries sent out by faith, and uh, we asked them just to record a brief video for us, um, for those of you who have never met them, Um, but uh, just a brief update on what they're doing in the Philippines and some of the challenges and and praises that um, we can join them in um, as their supporting church. And so um, they have some prayer requests as well that they'll mention at the end, but uh, let's watch this video together. Hello everyone. We are thankful for you as a church community and we are excited. Yes. We are excited to give you a little update on who we are and what God has been doing our ministry. If you don't know who we are, that's okay. You just learned uh, the name of our child. But my name is Adam Hutchison. This is my wife, Misha. And what's your name? Atlas. Atlas Hutchison. And we're going to give you a couple of brief highlights of how things have been going since we returned last December and some prayer requests, how you can be joining us in the advancement of God's kingdom. So when we got back the second week of December, few days following that was a huge typhoon that ripped through our island. Um, As a result, many people were without electricity um, for weeks to months. Um, Many people lost their homes and um, food supply, water supply, drinking water um, was low. So we spent um, those first few weeks back really in survival mode as we tried to figure out how to get these resources, but also um, in helping our surrounding community Um, neighbors and friends of friends, uh, build houses, make food, serve food, a lot of donations that came from the states um, to help in those ways. Also as a result of the typhoon, many of the universities postponed their um, class schedules, which meant we also postponed and being able to do college ministry and meet students. So it was a rough beginning, um, but it's been really fun, and we are praising God for the last couple months has how as God has really allowed us to meet a lot more students out and about, um, really get to share the gospel with these students, and even start small groups. Quick background, um, even before this, these last few months, uh, the Philippines has been 
without uh, college classes in session since March of 2020. And so everything has been online. And so we've had to um, work with that. But why that's relevant is this semester has been the first semester that we've been able to do some amount of classes in person. And so we've been able to do some amount of things um, in person, including uh, not just small groups, but also we've been able to do some large groups. Uh, and so we've been able to do two of those so far. We do them on a monthly basis, and it's a venue for students to come, um, get to hear the truth about who God is and how they can know him. And uh, we're currently going through a series right now called Where is Life Found? And trying to connect college students with uh, the one whom life can uh, be found, um, our Lord and Savior Jesus. Um, and so uh, the, the really cool thing since we've been here four years is uh, some students have come to faith in Him, have matured in their faith, and are graduating soon. And so we're thankful to have an example of some, some really godly men and women uh, that new students that are you know, kind of getting involved with us uh, can really model themselves after and emulate. Uh, and so that's kind of exciting as we're launching into the, the new phase of... Uh, uh, of, of relaunching Student Mobilization Philippines. So anyway, we love that. And um, we have a couple of prayer requests that we would love to ask you guys for prayer on. Attention span of a two-year-old. Um, we're also expecting baby number two next week. So you can pray for that as we transition into the new phase of family um, and what that's going to look like for ministry as well. It's, it's, it's baby, baby number two. Baby number two. <laughs> you sister. can pray for our large group meetings that um, students would be able to continue to come and recruit their friends. That's one of the major ways we can meet new students is through our current students inviting new people. Um, so you can continue to pray for that. And then... Uh, Another prayer request would be that we would continue to meet new students while we're out and about and have opportunities to share the gospel and start small groups. Guys, we're so thankful for your partnership uh, in advancing the kingdom uh, of God. And so we just wanted to say thank you. Say thank you. Thank you. I've been asked to read the scripture for today. From Luke 13, verses 22 through 30. He went on his way through towns and villages, teaching and journeying toward Jerusalem. And someone said to him, Lord, will those who are saved be few? And he said to them, Strive to enter through the narrow door. Many, I tell you, will seek to enter and will not be able. When once the master of the house has risen and shut the door, you begin to stand outside and to knock at the door, saying, Lord, open to us. Then he will answer you, I do not know where you come from. Then you will begin to say, we ate and drank in your presence and you taught in our streets. But he will say, I tell you, I do not know where you come from. Depart from me, all you workers of evil. In that place there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. When you see Abraham and Isaac and Jacob and all the prophets in the kingdom of God, but you yourselves cast out. And people will come from east and west and from north and south and recline at table in the kingdom of God. And behold, some who are first... Uh, and behold, some are last who will be first, and some are first who will be last. This is the Word of God. Good morning. 
I'd love to just give us uh, 30 seconds. I'd love for you to respond as they've shared uh, those prayer requests. So let me just give you 30 minutes to, to pray for Adam and Misha and uh, Atlas and this new baby coming. Go ahead and take a moment to pray for them. Thank you. Well, in uh, 1987, uh, my wife Cindy and I, we were serving here with uh, the Ministry of Crew, and uh, that summer we were uh, we led a team to Hungary, team of staff and students, uh, to uh, meet with English-speaking students to. Uh, you know, that we'd be able to share the gospel uh, with them. Before we got to our final destination in central uh, Hungary, we were in Vienna for some time of orientation and training, and then uh, took a train into Budapest And uh, before we got to that uh, where we were at in central Hungary. And so during those days in Vienna and Budapest, we kind of got familiar with the uh, public transportation, learned some things. Uh, one of the things we were told during orientation was that when the doors open, you know, you need to be ready to get on. They're not going to wait for you. And so I remember one of the first times uh, one of our teammates, Jody, with her backpack on, the subway, I think it was, opened up in Budapest, and she just like just charged ahead, and a mass of people coming off just sort of repelled her, and she bounced back five or eight feet with her backpack on and all. So we learned that... Uh, um, there is an orderly way to let people off first before you get on. There was another time when Leah, a student here at K-State, uh, I think we were getting on a tram, and uh, we didn't notice that just as the tram showed up, Leah bent down to tie her shoe. Leah was sort of always taking in the architecture and all this stuff, so always kind of, you know, like not necessarily paying attention, but she leaned down to tie her shoe, and uh, we get on the tram, and uh, it wasn't until the doors closed and we're pulling away, we see Leah standing there on the platform. We're in Budapest, a town of over a million, at the time a communist country. This is pre-cell phone days. And it was a little scary, like, how are we going to get reconnected to our teammate Leah? Thankfully, we did. I don't remember how we found her, but uh, we got reconnected. And uh, that day, we learned that, you know, when the doors open, sure, you let people out, first, but there's still an urgency. The door will close. The, the conductor's not going to wait for you. So pay attention and get on when you can. We learned, in a sense, the importance of now, the importance of now. There's a similar thing in the spiritual realm. If we're going to follow Jesus, we need to understand the importance of now, the importance of now. Today begins week three of our season of seeking, during the six weeks leading up to Easter, we're learning to follow Jesus along with the original disciples. If you haven't been around the past two weeks, uh, two weeks ago we started uh, the, these uh, guides, uh, reading guides uh, are out. And so if you are here maybe for the first time in a couple weeks, uh, these are out on the tables. And so there's daily readings for this uh, 
the six weeks leading up to, to Easter. And so that guide will give us ideas about how to pray, how to seek God through prayer, fasting, and through the, the scriptures. And so it's not too late to, to jump in. We still have four more weeks of that. So we're working our way through Luke 9 through Luke 24. In the sermons so far, we've looked at uh, that if we're going to follow Jesus, we need to understand there's some things we need to unlearn, right? We've lived and thought in certain ways that necessarily haven't been the way we should, and so we've got to unlearn some things, relearn some things from Christ. Last week, we saw how if we're going to follow Jesus, we need to take up the posture of a disciple, learn or sit at Jesus' feet and seek to listen to him. And one of the primary ways we do that, of course, are through the scriptures. Today, as we look at Luke 13, 22 through 30, we're going to see that if we want to follow as Jesus' disciple, we need to understand the importance of now. And so let's look at this passage that Adam read. In verse 22, it says, Jesus, he went on his way through towns and villages, teaching and journeying towards Jerusalem. And so Luke reminds us that Jesus is on his way somewhere. He's headed to Jerusalem where he's going to suffer, he's going to die. And as he's traveling and passing through towns and villages, he's teaching, he's interacting with people. And so someone said to him, verse 23, Lord, will those who are saved be few? Apparently, this was a topic among religious, Jewish religious leaders, a uh, topic of debate, like how many will be saved? And the orthodox answer was that pretty much all of Israel would be saved. There would be some, some really bad sinners. There would be some heretics that would not be saved. But pretty much if you were Jewish, you believed that all Jews would be saved. But as you look at how Jesus answered, he doesn't actually answer the question about how many. He talks about how. How is one saved? And so he said to them, strive to enter through the narrow door, for many, I tell you, will seek to enter and will not be able. In focusing on how one is saved, Jesus says, strive to enter through the narrow door. And and when we understand more broadly Jesus' teaching, we understand that the narrow door is entered by coming to Jesus in genuine repentance and faith. It's entered by turning from a desire to live our life on our terms and instead submitting to Jesus as one's master and beginning to follow him. That's the narrow door. No one enters salvation on his own terms. It's always according to God's terms. And so the narrow door is always about the door of repentance, the door of faith in Jesus Christ. And he says we're to strive to enter that door, which means we, we strain, we apply ourselves, we work hard to make sure that we've entered through that door. No one just stumbles into salvation. It's something we must seek. Jesus is addressing a kind of thinking that someone, like maybe the Jewish hearers around him, might have that that they're automatically a part of God's kingdom just because of who they are, just because of where they are from. Jesus is saying we, we must not assume any of that, right? And we can do a similar kind of thing in in our day. We can think, you know, my grandparents, my parents were all believers. My whole family, we come from a long line of believers. Surely I'm good. Or I grew up in the church. I was there every Sunday. And sometimes we can assume because of those things that we are in. We have entered through that narrow door. But the, the whole flow of this passage says we must not assume that we are part of God's kingdom because of our history, because of our family, or anything like this. We personally are to strive 
to enter through the narrow door. Now, let me be clear. Striving is not about earning. Striving is not about earning. Scripture is clear that no one earns salvation, right? Ephesians 2, 8 and 9 says, For by grace you've been saved through faith. And this is not your own doing. It is a gift of God. It's not as a result of works that no one should boast. And so we are saved by grace through faith. It is a gift. It's not as a result of works. And so Jesus isn't urging us to, to get busy striving to earn our salvation. Striving is about making sure you've truly entered the door, the door of repentance and faith and following Jesus. And we simply will not do this if we are resting on our family connections, our church attendance, or that we grew up in the United States or anything else like that. We need to strive to make sure we've entered through the narrow door. In Jesus' command to strive, we begin to understand the importance of now. Strive is present tense. In other words, pay attention to this now. It's not strive in the future. He's saying right now, strive to enter through the narrow door. Get serious about the narrow door today. Again, sometimes we can think different than that, right? We can think, um, you know, maybe after high school, maybe after college, that's when I'm going to begin to get serious about my relationship with God. Or I sort of want to have some fun in life first, and then I'm going to get serious about where I'm at with God. This is incredibly a dangerous way to think. Now is the time to strive to enter the narrow door. The reason now is the time is because there will be a day when the door is closed. This is why it says why many will seek to enter and will not be able because there will be a day the door will be closed. Jesus tells a short parable to make this point. He says in verse 25, when once the master of the house has risen and, and shut the door and you begin to stand outside and knock at the door saying, Lord, open to us, then he will answer you, I do not know where you come from. As we read this and kind of the rest of the, the passage we're looking at today, the picture is of a host welcoming people into this great banquet. And at some point, this host will rise up and he will shut the door, which suggests the, the brevity of time to, to make sure we've entered through that door. It does not stay open forever. We need to understand the importance of now. And so when Jesus says, and you begin to stand outside and knock at the door, he, he's referring to any who did not respond to the call to enter through the, the narrow door. And now that the door is closed, now they call out, Lord, open to us. But it's too late. Jesus makes point, I don't have any relationship with you. He says, I don't know where you come from. In other words, I don't know you. And this will come as a shock to those outside. They, they will have a sense of, what do you mean you don't know us? And they begin to protest and they'll say, you know, we ate and we drank in your presence. You taught in our streets. Jesus, we spent time with you. We had meals together. We heard you teach. They had personal contact with Jesus, but they had no relationship with him. They heard him, but they didn't follow him. They had no true spiritual connection to Jesus. They had not entered, entered through the narrow door. And so the master of the house will say, I tell you, I do not know where you come from. Depart from me, all you workers of evil. And so 
Jesus gets really clear here, right? Those who are standing outside, they do so because they are workers of evil. They had never repented of their sinfulness. They had never sought forgiveness. They had no relationship with God. And so the door is closed. They're shut out. And as this reality sets in, verse 28 tells us of the anguish that they will experience. In that place, there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. When you see Abraham and Isaac and Jacob and all the prophets in the kingdom of God, but you yourselves cast out. And people will come from east and west and from north and south and recline at table in the kingdom of God. It's like they have a little peephole. They have like a little window that they're, they're looking in on this banquet feast. And they'll see the patriarchs of the Jewish nation. They'll see Abraham. They'll see his son Isaac. They'll see Abraham's grandson Jacob. They'll see all the prophets. And so they're going to see uh, Israelites from all points of Israel's history in the kingdom of God. And they will also see those who come from east and west and north and south reclining at the table in the kingdom. And this is referring to the Gentiles that are going to be gathered in from all the nations. And so to the Jew who thought he had the inside track with God, this would be unfathomable. We're outside while Gentiles are inside. But that's the reality. And when they begin to understand this, there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth, grief, even rage. That's what weeping and gnashing of teeth means. They thought they were insiders, but it turns out they are outsiders. So Jesus sums all this up by saying, Behold, some are last who will be first, and some are first who will be last. And so what he's saying is there are Gentiles who, who were last. They were Outsiders, they didn't have all the privilege of the Jewish people. They were far off for, from God. They were last. And yet because some believe in the gospel, they, because they did enter through the narrow door, they will become first. And then there will be Jews who were first. I mean, they had all these spiritual privileges. They were God's chosen nation. They had the law and the prophets. They had all of these privileges. And yet so many of them will fail to believe. And so though they were first, some will be last. And they will be shut out from the great feast. If we're going to learn to follow Jesus, we need to understand the importance of now. There's some things that simply cannot be put off until tomorrow. There's a number of implications of this, but, but here, here's one point. Now is the time to make sure you've entered through the narrow door. Now is the time to be sure You've entered through the narrow door. Again, entering through the narrow door is about turning from self to Jesus. It's about repentance. It's about turning from your sin and turning to Christ for forgiveness. Now is the time to be sure that you have done this because this door of opportunity will close at some point. Have you entered the narrow door? Are you sure? Jesus tells us to strive to do the hard work of making sure. 
Again, striving is not about earning salvation. Salvation is a gift. The work that Jesus is calling all of us is to do to make, is to make sure that you've entered through that door, through faith in Jesus Christ. And as I mentioned before, please don't assume because you come from a long line of believers in your family that you've entered the narrow door. Please don't let the fact that you've sat in church all of your life make you think that you've entered through the narrow door. Don't let the truth that you know a lot about Jesus make you think that you are inside, right? In the parable, those on the outside who end up on the outside, they've been around Jesus. They'd heard him teach in their streets, and yet they didn't know him. Strive to enter through the narrow door. Make sure that you have entered through the narrow door. And don't think someday I will get serious about this issue because that day will come sooner than any of us think. Understand the importance of now and settle this issue. Enter through the narrow door. Make sure of it. This is something that you can settle this morning. This is something you can settle today. You can enter through the narrow door through faith. And as I've already described, you enter through that door by realizing you are sinful and separated from God. You're in need of a Savior. You're in need of forgiveness. You enter through that door through, by, by repentance, for, by turning from your sin and choosing to turn to God, choosing to live, uh, follow Christ, submit to him. You enter that door by trusting in Jesus to forgive you, by choosing to follow him. This morning, it is quite possible that you are ready to enter through that narrow door. And so I want to give you an opportunity, understanding the importance of now, why you say, hey, go home and think about this. I want to give you an opportunity this morning to respond. I want to lead in a prayer that's a way to express faith. And, and it's not about mouthing like these magical set of phrases. It's about faith. It's about trust. It's about turning to God. And so if you this morning have never entered through that narrow door but want to, if you want to make sure, if you want to settle this issue, I'm going to pray a prayer. And I would ask just you alone with God in the quietness of your heart to pray along with me. Okay? And so let's, let's pray. And if you want to respond, if you want to trust Christ, pray along with me. God, I acknowledge that I am sinful and that I have lived in rebellion against you. And because of this, I need forgiveness. Thank you for sending Jesus into this world. I believe he lived a perfect, sinless life and that he offered himself as a sacrifice for my sin. Jesus, thank you for dying on the cross for me. God, please forgive me. Wash me clean, Jesus. I yield my life to you now, and I choose to follow you as your disciple. Teach me how to follow you. Amen. For those who made that decision, God has heard your prayer, and he has answered. You may feel something. You may not. 
What matters is faith. What matters is trust, that you reached out in faith and dependence on God. God will respond. God honors his word. And so if you did that in faith, he forgives you. He makes you his child. He makes you spiritually clean, and you have entered through the narrow door. Now, here's the door deal. When you make that decision, it's not the destination. That's the beginning. And so we enter through the narrow door, and someday there's this great banquet feast that we're going to experience. Between now and then, it's this journey of walking as a disciple of Jesus. And so there's some things you're going to have to unlearn. That's what we've talked about. There's some things you're going to have to unlearn and relearn from Christ. And between this decision and that banquet, we need to take up this posture of a disciple. We need to sit at his feet. We need to be learners growing through this life and learning how to live like Jesus' disciples. And so listen to Jesus. Immerse yourself in the scriptures. Make sure you are following him along with other committed believers. And here's what you can look for in your life. As we understand the scriptures, we believe that anyone who enters through the narrow door, God begins to do a work in us. He changes us from the inside out. He begins to cause fruit, the fruit of his spirit to grow within us. And maybe the best ways to look at this, this change in our lives is do we see love growing in our lives? If, if, for the one who really knows Jesus, experiences spiritual life and is seeking him and is growing him, love will grow in your heart. Love for God, love for other believers, love for our neighbors. In other words, those who do not yet know God. And so look for growth of love in your life. If you are one who says, I I think I've entered the narrow door, and yet you don't see love in your heart, if you don't see love for God, if you don't see growing love for one another, if you don't care about your neighbors, again, don't. Let yourself think, just because I'm sitting in church, I'm good. I mean, that, that's, like a, that's like a red light on the dashboard saying, I should, I should make sure because love is what grows in our heart when we've experienced Christ, when we've entered through the narrow door, okay? But you're going to grow. You're going to change. That's what God does. I want to consider a second implication of understanding the importance of now. Go back to the story of Leah who missed that tram, when you think about that story, it's a little bit sad. Uh, I was a team leader, and uh, the rest of us, I think we were probably just focused on, I want to make sure I get on that tram. No one grabbed Leah's arm and said, hey, Leah, come on, let's get on. We're all just focused on ourselves, right? We should have helped her enter the narrow door. And so as believers who understand the importance of now, we should help others seek to enter the narrow door. There's urgency to this. The door will be closed. But for many of us, including myself, we so easily lose the sense of urgency, right? I mean, we just do. We, we get busy with our lives, and we fail to think about the spiritual condition of others. And we leave them on the platform there as the tram's door is closing and it's moving on, right? We should seek to help others enter through the narrow door. We can also just think, well, there's, there's plenty of time, right? I, I have some concern about this person, but there's plenty of time. I've been to three funerals in the last five weeks or so. Thankfully, all of these were believers, but it's a reminder in every one of these, like there, there was a sense of surely there's a lot more time in terms of where they were at and how old they were. We never know how much we have, time we have with anyone, right? Understand the importance 
of now. One day the host will rise and close the door and it will be too late for any to enter. That should create some urgency within us. Especially when we consider the agony of being left outside, weeping and gnashing of teeth, separation from God, separation from his kingdom, separation from all that is good. Now, you can't make anyone enter through the narrow door but because that's a choice that everyone has to make. But, but no, make no mistake, Jesus wants his disciples to help others come to the narrow door, understand what the narrow door is, understand how to enter through that narrow door. This is for everyone who's a follower of Jesus. It's for all of us to care about. And because that's true, I want to give us one very specific thing that we can do to help others enter through the narrow door. Pray for someone. Let me encourage you today, maybe on your bulletin or as you go home, write down the name of at least one person that right now, as best you understand, is far away from God. You may be able to write down five people, but write down at least one person and pray for them regularly, maybe daily, but pray for that person. Pray that God would create interest in their heart, openness in their heart. Pray that uh, they would begin to understand their need. They would see their own sinfulness. Pray that God would keep the enemy far from them, that he would not be allowed to confuse them and, and cloud the issue. Pray for opportunities to speak some about what Jesus has done in your life with that person. Pray for opportunities. Pray. We can all do that. If we understand the importance of now, surely we can pray for at least one other person. There's one other thought I want to, want to ask you to consider doing in light of the importance of now. Consider inviting that person to Easter services four weeks from now. That would take courage to do that. It would be courageous to do that. But just maybe they would come. Just maybe they would come and hear the good news of the gospel. Just maybe they would respond. They, they would find out how to enter through the narrow door. And they would enter. That'd be an amazing thing. If we're going to follow Jesus' disciples, we need to understand the importance of now and join him on his mission to seek and save the lost. Will you pray with me? Father, we thank you for this passage that uh, sets some priorities for us. It helps us understand that, uh, well, we need to think about our own lives. We need to consider where are we with you. Be sure that we've entered through the narrow door. And God, uh, would you help us with that? If there is any fuzziness, any confusion, if there's some sense where we have this kind of confidence in, in things that aren't the right kinds of things to have confidence in, just the fact that we've been around church our whole lives, would you kind of cut through the, the fog of all of that and show us the reality of where we stand with you? Are we inside? Are we outside? Have we truly entered that narrow door? And God, as we understand the importance of now as, as followers of Christ, help us to think about those around us. Help us to live with a sense of urgency. Help us to live with this clarity that, that there are eternal realities and, and the door's going to close someday. Help us not to be so busy with our own lives that we don't stop to think about those outside. Help us to learn how to live this way. Help us to follow Jesus in this. We pray all this in Christ's name. Amen.